Praise the Lord. How marvelous. How wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Welcome to church this morning. Good to see you. And we pray God's blessing upon us this day as we worship together. I'm sorry you got to wear your mask, but it's not my fault. But thank you for adhering to those restrictions that have come back to us. And I believe this too shall pass, and we will overcome this. But we've come together today to worship the Lord, and for no other reason to worship Him and Him only. To Him be praise, to Him be glory in the church today. Let's stand and let's sing to the King.
going to get some more adjustment on my mic as well. You're hearing it back there, aren't you? A little bit of a ringing. But when we get to that part, praise the Lord. I want the music to stop. All I want to hear are your voices. All right? You good for it? Practice. Say praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord. Say it again. Praise the Lord. There we go. I'm going to sing. Chapter 5, verses 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. My, what a challenge we have. Let your light so shine that others would know Jesus. Let it be. We're going to sing the old hymn with the help of the band. Good to have the band back on the platform with us today. Whosoever heareth. Shout, shout the sound. Send the blessed tidings all the world around. Spread the joyful news wherever man is found. Whosoever will may come. Thank you. 
together and sing this verse. Here we go. What a challenge we have in that song. We have the challenge to go out and to share the gospel and to let the whosoever will know that they can come to Jesus Christ. To let the whosoever will know in whatever means is possible for us, whatever doors God opens for us, we are to walk through and to make sure that we fulfill our mandate into reaching out to others, to let our light so shine before others that they may glorify our Father who is in heaven. We need to let them know by our lives and by our testimonies that we trust Jesus and that he has never failed us. And then that in turn gives them reason and hope and the assurance that because we can trust him, they can trust him. They need to know and they need to have that assurance in these days in particular when things are so uncertain. We need that hope. There are so many with so many different needs today. We're remembering Major Winnie and her family. Major Winnie's brother-in-law passed away, uh, I believe it was yesterday. And uh, we continue to pray for her and her family and what they are going through um, in a sudden passing of a loved one. And we just pray that grace and strength might be given to them. Ross Payton is not doing well these days. And so we remember Esther and Charlene and the families. And we just pray that God would strengthen them and surround them and uplift them. We have family members, um, all of us, who are going through something uh, with their health, with doctors, with appointments, with tests, with things that have been discovered, things that are causing concerns. And we just pray that God, when in his with his almighty hand would just reach down and touch them and would help them realize that they can trust him and they can turn their cares and their concerns over to him and believe that whatever his will is for them, that he will give them strength to continue to walk through and to face that journey, whatever it may look like. He is more than enough to meet our needs, friends. And of course, we have the story right now. We have missing fishermen off the coast of Mary's Harbor. And so we pray for them. We pray for their safety. We pray for the families who are struggling right now. We pray for the responders who are looking and searching. And we just pray that God would just have his hand in the midst of that situation. And I'm sure that as we pause for a moment, you have 
things that's going through your own mind. You're, you're thinking about the weights that's upon your own shoulders that probably haven't been mentioned here yet this morning. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Regardless of what it is, regardless of what it looks like, regardless on if you can see hope or not, recognize that there is hope in Christ and you can trust him because he will take care of you. Let's share the course together this morning. I can trust we 
are walking with you daily and we have that relationship with you in which we grow every day. And every day you prove to us that your mercies are new every morning and your grace is there for us even though we do not deserve it. And yet you give us strength from day to day. As we read through scripture, as we look around our world, we can see evidence of where you are and how you are watching over us. Though there is darkness, and though there is fear, and though there are so many unknowns, yet you are right there in the midst, and you dispel all that darkness. And you have told us that perfect love drives away fear. And so when we are in that love relationship with you, we have no reason to be afraid. And so no matter what the storms of life may be, no matter how high those waves might seem, or how loud that thunder crashes in our ears, we can trust you. And we can find our peace in the safety of you and your care for us. Lord, you know those who are up on our hearts today. We all have family and friends, and we're remembering Major Winnie and her family today. We're remembering Ross's family and, and Ross, Esther and Charlene. And God, we just pray that you would walk along and that you would just make your presence known to them, that they might recognize that you are there in the midst. And even in the, even in the sorrow and the grief, yet there is joy and peace that's found in you. Be their strength today. We're remembering the fishermen who are missing right now. And we pray, Father, that you would just be in the midst of that situation. We pray that they would be found. We pray that there would be cause to rejoice. We pray that there would be a peace in the midst of the chaos that's happening right now. And that you would just strengthen and guide each one that's involved in the search and the rescue today. Lord, I have family members as well as others who have such needs today. Hearts are breaking and there's sorrow and there's fear and there's questions and there are doubts about tomorrow. There are struggles about how to handle what's happening today. And I pray that as I remember them and as each one here and online remembers those friends and family that they know going through circumstances that are beyond our control, that we would all learn that we can trust you. And that when all else around us may fail us, and when we are surrounded by grief and questions and, and health concerns and anxiety, when we're still faced with this pandemic, when we have little children like Trinity who's having to go through such difficult moments and we have unspoken prayer requests that are coming in, Lord, we all need to know that we can trust you. And if we would just lay our all before you, that you indeed would take care of us because you love us. Continue to guide us. May you be blessed by our worship today. May you indeed be glorified by our praises. Yes. 
as we declare who you are for the world to know that you are the one who saves and who keeps and who satisfies as we trust and follow you, we pray. Truly is all about Jesus. Excuse me. We've had a wonderful week. We've been surrounded by such beauty, and I don't know if any of you guys have seen the sunsets here in CBS this week, but they've been absolutely amaz amazing. You can't help but think that God is a wonderful master of color. So I thought that seeing how you guys were going back to school this week, we talk about color, we talk about crayons or markers, whatever you use. I have crayons here with me today, and I, I think I've dispersed some crayons through um, your Sunday school bags, if you have them. So if you have some of these colors, you can hold them up with me as we go along. First color I want to start with is the color purple. So if you have the color purple, you might have it in your bags, you can raise it up with me. If you have the purple crayon, purple, did you know, is the color for royalty. It helps me remember that Jesus is the King of Kings, fully God, and when the Bible begins in the beginning God, Jesus was there in heaven ruling as God the Son. John 1 verses 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. Next we have the color orange. You might have a color orange in your bag. Orange can be the color of some types of dirt, like clay, like terracotta pots and stuff for our flowers. It helps me to remember that Jesus came to earth as fully man. He left heaven and came to live here as a man here on earth, yet he never sinned. John 1 and 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. 
Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Next, we have the beautiful color red. So if you have red in your bag, how many things can you guys name that are red? A lot, I bet. When we see red, it also reminds us that Jesus died on a cross to pay for our sin. Jesus did what we couldn't. He was both God and human, yet he never sinned. Red reminds me of God's great love for us. John 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, perish but have eternal life. Next we have black. So if you have a black crayon, hold it high. The Bible says we are helpless and dead in our sins without Jesus. Black reminds me that Jesus was put into a black tomb and was there for three days. He experienced the punishment for our sin, but sin couldn't hold him. God raised Jesus from the grave, and he still lives. Because he lives, we have eternal life too. Black reminds me Jesus conquered sin, death, and darkness. Acts 2 and 4 says, But God raised him from the dead, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Next we have brown. Anyone got brown? This reminds me of one of my favorite things, chocolate. <laughs> what does chocolate have to do? Well, just think about an M&M or a Smartie. Without the chocolate inside the M&M, the M&M would just be a fragile shell, right, with no taste. In the same way, without God's love, without Jesus, our lives are fragile and empty. Without Jesus, we are empty and hopeless. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves. It is God's gift. We must choose to say yes, of course. And if we don't say yes, we're saying no. I don't want it. John 1, uh, 1 John 5 and 12 says, He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. Now we have green. Green is the color of the grass and the trees and so many other beautiful things that grow. Green, green reminds me of the new life Jesus gives me when I trust him as my Savior. And it also reminds me that as I continue to grow in knowing him, I can study my Bible and pray and serve him more and more every day. Next we have the color blue. Blue makes me think of the sky and all the air all around us. We can't see the air, but we can see it affects when the, its effects when the wind blows and the leaves fall off the trees and you can feel the breeze on your face. This reminds me that Jesus is always with me through his Holy Spirit, although I cannot see him with my eyes. And lastly, boys and girls, we have yellow. Yellow is just like the sunshine. I love the beautiful sunshine. It reminds me of heaven and that heaven will be a place full of light and warmth because God is there. God promises that if we trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord, then we will one day be in heaven with him for eternity. And that is a beautiful place where we can be. Let us pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the beautiful colors you provide. As we are in school this week, Lord, I pray that we will look at those colors and they will remind us of your son Jesus, Lord, and all that he has done for us so that one day we will be able to be in heaven in your love with you for eternity. Amen. God bless you. Everybody ought to know
sing, everybody ought to know. trying to talk when all you're getting is an echo in the background. You know, we're in God's house this morning. Maybe you can mute Claudette's mic. Daryl, please. Maybe that might have something to do with it. I don't know. But there are some technical challenges here this morning for some unknown reason. All right. All right. 
I have a special privilege this morning. A wonderful opportunity is mine to be able to speak of the many blessings that God has been pouring out on the Conception Bay South Corps of the Salvation Army. Keep cheering me on. I'm not giving up. The devil wants to shut me down, but not happening. It's not happening. So, Daryl, we just discovered the problem, buddy. It is my mic. Whatever's going on, it's in my mic. Mute that. Shut it off. And uh, here we go. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3. It's going to be before you on the wall. And here it is, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I want you to listen to what the message paraphrase says of these verses. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room. You're going to need lots of elbow room. Why? Because your family is growing. Yeah. These are powerful, powerful words. Let me give you just a little background of what's happening here in Isaiah. God had plans for increase for causing Israel to burst forth as water. The overflow would be so great that they would have to enlarge their tents, enlarge the ropes and the tent pegs. In other words, Israel would have to stretch to receive this great increase. Here at the Salvation Army CBS, we have a vision. A vision to go to the next place God wants us to be. Lengthen your cord. Strengthen your stakes. For I believe we have spread out to the left and to the right. We need to prepare ourselves for a little more elbow room, as it were. Here we are casting a vision, a vision for expansion, a vision for a new building, the Salvation Army CBS Community Program Center. Amen? Come on. Come on. I'm going to invite my senior leadership team here to the front 
as well as my building committee. You know who you are without even calling names. Now, remember, we're still in physical distancing mode, so try and space it right across the front here. We are blessed with such a team that God has just, I believe, put together, brought together for such a time as this. I want you to face the congregation. This new Salvation Army Conception Bay South Community Program Center will have the opportunity to impact all residents of Conception Bay South regardless of age, gender, or need. Our goal as the Salvation Army CBS is to meet the physical, emotional, spiritual needs of those within our influence with as great an impact as possible. Friends, we're suffering from growing pains. Now, you know, sometimes growing pains hurts a lot. In our case, I will say growing pains is a real blessing. Because it proves that the Lord is pouring his Holy Spirit up on us in such a time as this. The community of CBS from Topsail to Seal Cove continues to grow. It continues to expand. The Salvation Army CBS continues to grow. And here's our role. As the community of CBS grows, the needs grow. And let me say this, our responsibility grows. Our responsibility grows. And we can't take what's happening around us for granted. We're going to expand and meet community needs through our community and family services program. It's pretty small now in comparison to, I, to what I believe will be fairly large in this community. The thrift store that's currently across the highway will be on this property as well. Karen, we're going to move you. Our goal is to improve the environment in which many of our volunteers serve through programming and community service. You look around this current facility that we are in, what you see is pretty much what you get. This is what we have. We have a couple of little rooms out here, but they're little rooms. We have what's called a little program house there off, from the, off the parking lot. Provides a little need, but certainly nothing in comparison to what the needs are. We're looking at having a community drop-in center. That will be a coffee house, a connector piece, where people can feel free to drop in and out any time they desire with the help and the volunteer base that we have here to provide conversation, to provide counseling services, to provide to meet the physical as well as emotional and spiritual needs of the folks that drop in daily. Expand and meet needs through a variety of programming for all ages. We have run out of space. And I'll say we have no space. There's lots of programming that happens here. Although we're on hold now due to COVID, as you're all aware, 
but there's lots that's happening. There's lots about to happen, lots about to launch when it comes to programming of all ages, senior groups, youth programming, children's programming, music ministry, counseling services, special interest groups, women's ministries, men's ministries. It's happening. And we've run out of space. The possibilities for additional programmings and services to meet the needs of the residents of the town of Conception Bay South are endless. We need the space to do it. And this community program center can provide that space. The new Salvation Army Community Program Center can provide a more adequate and efficient space for all to gather for events, activities, fellowship, and community functions, providing a safe place for all town residents, for all Salvation Army CBS attendees, adherents, soldiers, friends of the Army. All of us can come together to connect, to fellowship, and as well to receive the help needed. I'll say it again, the community is growing. The needs are growing. This church is growing. Our ability to impact this community, friends, is growing. Are we in need of this? Absolutely. And I say yes, and I say amen. Now is the time. 331 Conception Bay Highway in CBS can be and will be a bright, shining light in this community like it's never been before. Yes. Some of you may be sitting there. Some of you may be listening at home. And all this may look and sound impossible, may look and seem like a long way off. Can I tell you something? Let you in on a little secret this morning. Looking back through old files, looking back through old minutes from previous meetings, it dates way back, and Colonel Ralph Stanley, you're here this morning, and you can attest to this. This has been talked about over and over and over and over again, right back to 2001. Right back to 2001. I'm casting a vision this morning we're all casting a vision this morning, and it's not just talk, but friends, listen, it's time that we stop the talking and start working to make this a reality. We need it more than ever before. We need it, and we welcome your prayerful support. Number one, we welcome your prayerful support. Number two, we are welcoming your financial support. Yes, the major said it. We're welcoming your financial support. You know a project of this magnitude will never happen. First of all, without prayer and the Lord's leading and direction in the midst of it all, and will certainly never happen without dollars and cents that are needed. We need you to help make this vision a reality. 
as we continue to build the kingdom of God together. And so, church, I'm asking you a question this morning. Are you with me? Are you with us as a team as we move forward in this vision planning to become not just a vision but a reality? Are you? If you are, will you stand with me? Come on, stand. To quote, to quote General John Gowan some years ago who made it his motto in his term as general of the Salvation Army, he said, we have a mission, we have a goal, and we need to think in this manner, and it is this, to save souls, to grow saints, and to serve suffering humanity. And I believe, friends, that's what we're all about here in the Salvation Army CBS. We don't gather just to gather. We don't gather just to pass an hour and to pass time. We gather because there's mission behind what we do. And I'm talking what I'm talking this morning because I believe in this mission. I believe in this vision. And I believe what God is up to at such a time as this. And we need to move it forward. We need to move it forward. Friends, God bless you. You're going to hear a lot about this in the weeks, in the months. I don't want to say years because I'm hoping it won't take years. But the challenge is great before us. But let me leave you with this. And our course, Sergeant Major, Major Lloyd, will come to pray God's blessing over what we've talked about here this morning. I'm going to leave you with this thought. With man, what I'm talking about today might seem somewhat impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now you can clap to that today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we come humbly in your presence this morning. We're realizing, Lord, the challenge that lies before us is from you and you only. And Lord, we, we visualize today the building that will be built, not for our glory, not for the Salvation Army glory, That's right. but for the glory of the kingdom. Lord, we, we visualize lonely people will come into that building and find friends. We find young people who will find love and trust. Lord, we visualize he hurting people who will come in and find healing. The lost who will find Jesus. Yes. The unloved who will find a family who loves them unconditionally. Praise God. And a sanctuary for the weary of life. Lord, we realize, too, that without a vision, the people will perish. That's right. Without vision, people will be forever lost and lonely. And without vision, nothing will change. And, Lord, we just pray that we would have the compassion of Christ. For we realize without love, we will do nothing. Without love, we will not. We will not be attuned to the needs of others. Lord, give us unconditional love.
A love that will not judge but will embrace. A love that will not question but help. A love for the people for who they are, not for what they are labeled. Oh God, oh for a heart of compassion, moved at the impulse of love. Yes. And Lord, we dedicate this vision to you today. For we realize, Lord, that anything would be accomplished with this vision. We wanted to bring glory and honor to you. And Lord has already said, for some this might seem impossible, but nothing is impossible but you. And Lord, we pray that we will not do it for ourselves, but for the glory and honor of the kingdom of God. Lord, we want to see lives changed. Lord, we want to see lives enriched. Lord, we want to see victims become victors. Yes, amen. And oh God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would would indwell us and fill us so that we would be walking ambassadors of Christ in this community of ours. We have heard the challenge, Lord, and, and Lord, I'm reminded of the Fanny Crosby and rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin in the grave, and always may we weep, ordering ones, and lift up the fallen and tell them of Jesus the mighty to save. Yes. She goes on to say, down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that only grace can restore. Then our challenge is, touched by a loving hand. Yes. Wakened by kindness, cords that were broken will vibrate once more. Lord, that is our vision, that the broken will become whole again. The weak would become strong again. Amen. And people with no hope would have hope within their hearts and in their lives. That's what we envision, Lord, as we as we prepare to build this sanctuary, as we begin to, to, to build this outreach, outreach building, yes. this community building. And Lord, right now we dedicate it to you. It is yours, Lord, for you to use as you would see fit. Praise God. Accept our humble offerings, Lord, as we, as we prepare that which you have challenged us to do. And Lord, there are times when we will feel weak, but we will be strong in you. Yes. Use us, Lord, for your honor and glory that the people of Conception Bay South and beyond, their lives would be all the better because of your calling upon our lives. This we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Team, thank you. David, Lee, Oliver, Claudette, Roma, Rick, Wilson, Lloyd, Randy, thank you so much for all that you will contribute in these days to the mission that we're bringing forward here and the vision. I have not much to give thee, Lord. But all I have is thine. Major Claudette is going to bring the word. And I would ask that you would listen intently to what she has to say today. God will use her, I believe. I believe a seed has been planted here today. And we're looking forward to what God will do 
to just feed into that as we see it grow and as all of us work together to make this vision a reality. God is in it. We trust him. I have not much, but all I have is thine. today and though we have not much we recognize that with you it's more than enough and so we pray that you would have your way and as we listen to your word this morning may it be you who speaks may it be you who moves within the hearts and the spirits of each one that here today in your name we pray amen if you have your bibles we're going to be reading from the book of exodus really easy to find the beginning of the word Second book of the Bible, Exodus, chapter 5, if you have them, or chapter 35, sorry, if you have the words in front of you. If not, they'll be on our screen. Chapter 35, verse 4, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering. As you move over to chapter 36, we begin... So Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. And then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left their work. And they said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. And then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. What a fitting scripture for today, isn't it? How many of you like to dream? I'm not talking about nightmares, but wonderful, beautiful dreams. 
dreams. Walt Disney was a dreamer, and of course we have to go back to him because his story is so magnificent as we look at it. Walt's vision led him to borrow money to start a production studio that would use cartoons to tell stories. And as you know, during, life, during his lifetime, the word Disney had the same meaning as family entertainment. Still means the same thing today, doesn't it? But a production studio wasn't enough. He knew there was more. His vision and passion for telling stories gave him the idea of creating a brand new family vacation destination. And so he went ahead and opened Disneyland in 1955. Disneyland wasn't enough. He wanted people to feel like they had entered an enchanted land. And how could people feel swept away when garbage was being hauled in public and employees were switching shifts where everyone could see? And so against some people's better judgment and to the objections of some who were closest to him, Walt Disney purchased, purchased land in a swamp near a small town in Florida to build a theme park there as well. And this park would have underground tunnels to handle all of the everyday tasks of operating a theme park. Nothing should interfere with the enchantment and the dream. Too much, too fast, his advisor said. Curtail the dream. But Walt Disney didn't back down. His dream and passion became a reality. And Walt Disney World opened its gates in 1971. And since then, its annual attendance hits in excess of 20.96 million people. Walt Disney was a big dreamer. But there's a problem with dreamers. Their dreams often require risks. They often require big budgets and lots of help, and that's hard to swallow. Exodus chapter 24, God calls Moses to join him on Mount Sinai. For 40 days, for 40 nights, Moses stayed listening to all that the Lord had to say. And we discover as we keep reading into Exodus 25 verse 1 that Moses was told by the Lord, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering from, for me from each man whose heart prompts him to give. And so following that command, the Lord lists specifically the offerings needed for the tabernacle. Everything from yarn and linen, ramskins to olive oil, spices, onyx stones, other gems. He says to have the Israelites make a sanctuary for him. Verse 9 says, make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And so Moses... He says, Moses, go. Go gather the offerings. Make the ark. Make a table. Make a lampstand. Make the tabernacle. Make an altar. Make a courtyard. Make all of the priestly garments. Collect all the atonement money. Make a basin for washing. Do you think Moses was a little overwhelmed? A lot of risk involved. A lot of expense there. A lot of help was needed. And I can imagine Moses starting to have a few not enough thoughts. Think about it. Not enough time in the day, not enough money, not enough skill, not enough knowledge, not enough energy, not enough passion. Have you ever had them? Do you know what these not enough thoughts, what these attitudes do to the vision that God gives us? When the thoughts of not enough come around, it's like the air coming out of a balloon and you become lifeless. And so then before you know it, the passion is gone and we, we become content to keep the, way, the things the way they are. We don't want to rock the boat because if you rock the boat, the boat might capsize. And so we don't want to take the risk. And so Moses must have started thinking, how am I going to do this? 
I am not qualified for such a task. But God didn't even let those thoughts linger in Moses' mind because Moses didn't get a chance to even ask the questions of God. God tells Moses, he has chosen those filled with the spirit of God who have the skills, who have the abilities, who have the knowledge to do the work. Remember Bezalel, we mentioned him just a few weeks ago in one of my sermons. God says he chose Bezalel, but he's even chosen Aholiab and other craftsmen to make everything he told Moses needed to be made. So Moses didn't have to worry. God assured him of the provision of workers that was being given. But manual labor didn't cover all the needs. How were the laborers, those who would build the tabernacle, to receive what was needed? How was that going to happen? It seemed like such a humongous task to get supplies, to get finances, to get every detail covered. How was Moses going to be able to do that? And again, before Moses could even ask, God gave the instruction. And Moses shared it with us in Exodus 35. We just read it a moment ago. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering. And you know, I read those verses and then I started to think, what is God thinking really? I know, David has the questions too. Think about who God is asking to make this happen. He is talking to the leader of a bunch of former slaves. And he wants slaves to offer gifts of precious metals and precious stones and expensive fabrics and rare woods. That really doesn't make any sense, does it? How can God expect those who were in slavery for years and years and years to provide what is needed for the tabernacle? In order to build this tabernacle and to furnish it as instructed, it was going to require a great deal of wealth. It was going to require a great deal of skill. It was going to require many hands in order to accomplish the work. How are a bunch of former slaves going to be able to make that happen? Only by God's provision, plain and simple. Because you see, God knew long before this moment what was going to be required, and he had already made provision. And you think, how? Well, let me remind you. Go back to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Do you remember what happened after the Passover? Look at Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 to 36. During the night... Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks, take your herds as you have said, and go and also bless me. And then the Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise they said, We are all going to die. And so the people took their dough before the yeast was added, carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs, wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. And the Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people and the Egyptians gave them whatever they asked for. And so they plundered the Egyptians. Do you see what God had done? As the people are in the process of leaving the bondage of slavery, God is already equipping them with the materials to build the tabernacle and all its furnishings. Only God can do that. 
But you see, God will always provide the resources, whatever they may be, whether they be skilled personnel or financial or the continued support necessary in order to complete the visions that he gives. God provided Bezalel with the skill to oversee the project. He provided him with a holy ab, an assistant to help organize and train. God provided skills to all the craftsmen to make what he had commanded. God provided the gifts and the energy and the time necessary in order to complete his plan well before his instructions to build the tabernacle. And in Exodus 35, God commands a free will offering to take place. You see, when God provides a vision, he provides everything necessary to make it happen. Exodus 35 and 21 says, And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting. It was more than just things with monetary value. Money is not all. It's not the be-all, end-all. It can be important, but it's not the be-all, end-all. These people rallied together, and they brought their skills, and they brought their time as an offering before the Lord. It was like a spark, a spark that ignites a huge fire. And everyone caught a renewed passion for what God had planned. What does God have planned for your life? Make it personal this morning. This is not all about a new building. But it is about following God's vision for your life. It's all about giving the Lord what he requires and what he asks of you. And so what does God have planned for your life? What does he have planned for the life of this church? And what part do you and I play in the vision that he has given, both personally and corporately, this morning? God equips every believer who is willing, who is willing, catch that, for continued, varied works of service. You see, we can all be useful in God's kingdom, regardless of our past, regardless of our education, regardless of our age, and even regardless of our experience. He wants our willingness to participate in building his kingdom and in bringing people to him, in discipling, in reaching out to those who are the most vulnerable, to meet the physical and emotional and spiritual needs of those around us. That's our mission. That's our personal mission. Not only the mission of the Salvation Army, but it's our personal mission. We exist to share the love of Jesus Christ. We exist to meet human needs and to be a transforming influence in the communities of our world. And I believe God will take whatever it is we have to offer him, however small it may be, and he will continue to multiply it until he has what he needs. Look at the Israelites. God equipped some to lead, some to train, some were equipped in carpentry, some were equipped in setting stones or in sewing, in dyeing fabrics, some were equipped as priests or to butcher sheep, others were equipped to lead in worship, and God used the skills of everybody. He brought them all together so that his plan could be accomplished. As stewards then, they were to use those skills for God. And because we too are God's stewards, we are to do the same. Now, obviously, it's going to look a little bit differently today than what it did back then. But yet the partnership is still the same. As partners, we move and we work as God leads us. As he mobilizes us to share hope wherever there is hardship. And to help build communities that are just and right and fair. And to ensure that everyone knows of the love of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? How do we do that? We ask and we pray that God will open our eyes and our hearts to the needs that surround us. 
And we pray that he will guide us in giving hope through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray that he will give us power and grace to serve as we reach out to support others without discrimination. And we pray that God will help us give dignity as we respect and value each other and as we recognize everyone's worth in the kingdom of God. And we humbly ask him, we humbly ask him that as resources become available to us, that he will help us be good stewards and to responsibly manage all that is entrusted to us. God has given us what is needed he has given what is needed for us to reach out and to be that transforming peace in our surrounding areas, no matter where you live. God has called you to participate in his plan to influence the world around you. For us, it is here in CBS. For you who are watching online, it is surrounding you wherever you may be today. God has given you what you need to reach out and to be that transforming peace in the world around you. The question this morning is, are we willing to join him in partnership? For us right now in the Conception Based South area, we know and we believe that God is leading us toward this community program center where needs can be met and relationships can be formed and where people can find hope and joy and peace and unconditional love. God has given the vision and he has given the skill to the employees of the companies that are going to be needed. He's given abilities to many of you who now are able to serve and encourage and perhaps even give financially. And we believe that he has planted the seed of interest and passion in the hearts of all who can come together to make this a reality. However, however, God had given the skill to all the Israelites and yet they still had to make a willful choice to respond to the stirring in their heart. Their hearts were lifted up and they were set on fire for, the, for service to the Lord. They could have all said no. They could have all been negative and rebellious as we know the Israelites could be. But from Bezalel to Aholiab to the others who came, all came and all gave by choice when asked. You see, even willing hearts need to be told, now is the time to give what you have. Exodus 36, 2 and 3 says, Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. Moses let them know what was needed and the people started bringing their offering to the Lord. In fact, they continued bringing offering after offering until finally Moses had to say, stop, just stop. The craftsmen who were doing the constructing came to Moses and they said, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. And then Moses says, no man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. The Lord is giving us another moment of opportunity to respond to his leading and to follow the road that he has laid before us and to contribute to the building up of his kingdom. It may look different for each one of us as we individually listen for his voice and, and listen to recognize the vision that he has given us individually and personally. And therefore, individually, we have to respond to him. As for the Salvation Army CBS, God is not calling us 
He's not calling us. I really don't believe God is calling us to just be another religious denomination. He's not calling us just to be another church of four walls. I believe he's calling us to be a movement of the Holy Spirit of the living God with our hearts to God and our hands reaching out to all as we continue to build community. Because you see, that's what the church is. That's what church is, a community of Christ followers who are empowered by the Holy Spirit to participate in the building of the kingdom of God. And it has nothing to do with numbers, amen? It's about the quality of relationships, not the quantity of people. Very different thing. The measure of a great church is not the number of people who go there, but the quality of relationships that take place within its community. And we believe that we are a close family of God that's in this building today and others who aren't yet with us physically. We live in community, a place where there are authentic relationships, a place where we feel safe, a place where we can find hope, a place where we know we can depend on one another, a place where we do life together. And I believe that's why we are, are feeling so, uh, so much at home, like we belong here, planning retirement here, because we are part of a community of believers who live that way and who do life together. We are continuing to build God's house, and so we pray. It may be literal as we begin to build resources for this vision of a place where we can be the hands of Christ. But it is also spiritual as we pray that hearts and lives will be touched and transformed and built up in him. You see, God's mission is to have us partner with him in reaching out to our world. If you cannot, and this is a challenge for you who are here or whoever might plan on coming to the church at CBS, if you cannot open your heart and mind and welcome and embrace all who walk through our doors, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. The early church in Acts chapter 2 was engaged in fellowship, in praying, in listening to the word. They were involved in community action. They were meeting needs. They were loving people. They were serving. They were giving. They were reaching others who were there on the outside. That's how Jesus lived. He met the immediate felt needs of those he encountered on a daily basis through everyday activities. Look at the feeding of the 5,000. I believe my husband is focusing on that this evening. The woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. Jesus met their immediate felt needs. And we are called to do the same. And I believe, I truly believe that we have not seen and we have not heard, nor have we even imagined, though we are dreaming big, and though the vision seems huge, I believe that we haven't imagined what God can do with the offerings of our time and our talents and our treasures as we commit them all to him and to his kingdom. We have all benefited, have we not, friends, from those who have come before us because someone, someone before us said yes to Jesus Christ. Who will benefit from you? Who will benefit from me? I pray, I pray that we will pray about how we are going to participate in the vision that God has given us personally and corporately. And that vision is certainly not about how much money we can raise. Not at all. The vision is to do all that God is calling us to do. And when God's people do all that God is calling us to do, God is going to provide the rest. Because whatever that may look like in your life and mine, if we are faithful to the Lord, if we are faithful to his will, he will provide the resources that are needed to meet whatever vision he has given. Ephesians 2.10. Ready, Amy? Here we go. 
Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Why declare the praises? Why participate in the vision God has given to proclaim the gospel wherever we are? Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, we read it at the beginning of the service. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but instead they set it on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And then Romans chapter 10, 14 to 15. How then? How then can they call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach? How can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so we commit to doing whatever it takes. And Major Lloyd, I don't believe you have an order of service for this morning, do you? Did you know that our, our reflection piece this evening, our song, or this morning, sorry, long day already. <laughs> our reflection piece for this morning is rescue the perishing. Because that's the vision. That's the heartbeat of God. And that's the heartbeat of this church. And if you look at that song and you recognize the commands that's in it, verse one alone tells us to rescue and to care and to snatch and to weep and to tell. That's the vision. That's our mission, and that's our goal. And because it is God who has given that vision, and he's given it to us, we are to be the stewards he has called us to be, and we are to do our best in everything we do. We are to give our best in everything, whether it's playing an instrument in the band. I hope you're practicing every day, because you are to give your best to the Lord while you play. Worship team, everybody here, we do. We try to do our best. We take time to practice because we want to give the best to the Lord. We study his word. We talk to others. We tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. We testify about who he is. And we work, we share a glass of water in the name of Jesus Christ. We go and pick up those who are unable to come to church on their own and we bring them. And we allow them to share in fellowship throughout the day. All of that's been done. Whatever we do, we do, we give our best because it is for the Lord we are working. Whatever it is, it takes us right back into whatever we put in our collection plates. We do our best because we are doing it all to the glory of God. How we treat our neighbors, how we treat our spouses, how we encourage and love our children. We do it all to the glory of God. How we treat the one who's not going fast enough through that green light for you. How we treat the one behind the teller at the bank or the supermarket who can't do things fast enough for us or there's problems. 
how we treat others, how we speak to others, what we do to provide for those who are homeless, for those who are less vulnerable, what we do to reach out. We do it all for the glory of God and we take time to rescue. It's commanded to us. We take time to care and to snatch them out of where they are and to show them that there is a better place to live in the light of Jesus Christ. We weep o'er the erring one and we lift up the fallen and we tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Can we sing it from our hearts as we commit our lives afresh, as we commit everything we say and everything we do to the glory of God and to the extension of his kingdom? Oh, may that be our life's ambition to help extend the kingdom of God, rescue the perishing. people who look like they're cold and they're indifferent. 
people who have become bitter through life because of circumstances that life has given them and the journey that they have had to walk is, has not been an easy road. And over time, people get cold and people get bitter. And over time, after they've been hurt so often, people begin to build up these walls. The walls need to come down. The walls need to come down. And people need to begin to feel again. As hard as what it may be at the beginning, when feelings start to come, as brick by brick that wall comes down and as time goes on and feelings start to reignite back into the human heart, oh, God can move and His grace will restore that life his grace will restore the love that's there, touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, and that's who we want to be. That's our vision and our goal. We want to be able to touch people with the love that God has given us, loving hearts, loving hands, whatever it is we can do. We want to wake them by the kindness that God has given to us. Kindness when you're one-on-one -on -one with people kindness when you're in conversation with a group of people kindness when you're on social media christians we stand as representative of god and jesus christ and the word of his gospel do not let anything destroy your testimony nothing rescue the perishing duty demands it it is not a suggestion but it is a command to go out into all the world and to reach everyone for Jesus Christ strength for thy labor the Lord will provide last two verses together
Praise the Lord. What a morning it's been in the Lord's presence as we've certainly felt Him around us in this place today. You're going forth with a great challenge, aren't you? Every one of us. We leave this place. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, it says above our door. Trust as we leave today, that would be true of us, each and every one of us. It's our mission field out there. And oh, that God would use all of us in these days to reach those who need Jesus. If it were another song, we wouldn't sing it. But this ties in so beautifully this morning, or this afternoon now, (laughs) what our theme has been throughout our time of worship And I believe it's true. These words, we're singing it to the tune of Pathway of Duty. We've caught the vision splendid. Could I have the words, Amy, please? We've caught the vision splendid of a world which is to be when the pardoning love of Jesus freely flows from sea to sea. When all men from strife and anger, greed and selfishness are free. When the nations live together in sweet peace and harmony and we're going into the course by the pathway of duty flows the river amen of god's grace let's sing it through
thank you for worshiping with us today. And we're inviting you back this evening. Those of you who've registered, of course, come back, worship with us. And those who are not able to be in person, worship with us online, 6 p.m. this evening. And I believe the Lord will draw near to us and bless us again abundantly. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for going with us throughout this morning's worship. You have ministered to our hearts. You have challenged our hearts. And Lord, we're going forth, I believe, strengthened and empowered as we leave the comfort of this sanctuary today to go out into our communities and to be, Lord, what it is that you want us to be and what you've called us to be. Help us, Lord, to catch the vision. Help us, Lord, to hold fast to the vision. Help us to see what's around us and how we can make that difference by being that bright and shining light for Jesus Christ. Go with us now. Dismiss us with your blessing. And help us, Lord, to truly be a blessing to those we are in contact with this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Lord, send the revival and stop the world.